gracious and loving God, I come to you right now just thanking you for all your mercy, your love, and your grace. I thank you for the families, though some may be grieving, though some may be challenged by their situations. I thank you for your sunshine. I thank you for your rain. I thank you for all that you do in the midst of our storms. I thank you for taking us up out of the valleys of our lives. Lord, move me behind the cross. Let my words be words that are fruitful and loving and caring and nurturing. That the words that come forth will be words of wisdom. That we may be able to be nurtured by and cared for. That we may be able to live and accept a new freedom. From this day forth, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Ushers, thank you for your service. I appreciate you being on the floor this morning. I come to you from a point of great meditation. This is the first time I have been out of the pulpit for two weeks in a row, and it feels rather different. I have meditated in places that I've never seen. I have stood in places that I could have only imagined. I have met people from around the world, and I have heard the great hallelujahs in many different ways. But I come to you this morning simply asking a very simple question. But to get the full flavor of the question, I want you to think about your favorite foods, the places you have eaten these foods, who prepared the food, and simply, was it good? Do you have the food in your mind? You got it? I'm not going to ask you what it is because I think if everyone said it out loud, we'd all suddenly be hungry. <laughs> but I want you to think about that food and, and you can almost taste it when you think who made it, who gave it to you, where you were when you were eating it, the context of the people you were with, and maybe even the occasion. Sundays were great days in my house. People would come far and near together. It was just like the movies. We'd go to my grandmother's house and she'd cook, and I swore love must have existed in her kitchen. They had invented it there, they had created it there, and I thought she had a lockdown. But when I got to college and I experienced other people, they talked about their grandmother the way I talked about mine. They said, she doesn't have it locked down. Let me tell you what my mother used to do. But can you imagine a meal so tasty? Can't you smell it? The yeast rolls. Mm. The butter dripping. Makes your cholesterol holler. <laughs> but imagine 
being hungry. And that is not the food that can feed you. That is not the sweet tea that can make you cool. That is not the cool water. But someone coming up to you saying, I am the bread of life. And I'm offering you more than food. I'm offering you something that you will hunger no more for. Something that you will thirst no more for. I am offering you everlasting food. Spiritual food. Not just any food. Not the collard greens. Not the sweet potatoes. Not the butter beans. But I'm offering you something that is so great. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you hungry yet? That's the name of the tiebreak of the sermon. Are you hungry yet? Can't you feel the taste buds just feeling? Are you hungry yet? Now that I've got you watered, now that I make you think about all this love and that everything, but I want you to think bigger, greater, Beyond. And we're going to simply focus on, are you hungry yet? Amen? The four scriptures in lectionary this week had an opportunity to offer us the picture of what it means to be hungry. The picture of what it means to recognize our spiritual need and our recognition of how we move from sin into sanctification. We move from sin into the grace that God has given us. For you see in the Old Testament reading, 2 Samuel 11, verses 26 through 12 and 13, it summarizes the story of when David sent Uriah off to be killed because that was Bathsheba's husband. And David had a thing for Bathsheba, and he sent him off to be killed, and the orders were taken care of, and he got the word that Uriah was dead. Tony thought, man, I got away with it. But there came Prophet Nathan, and Nathan said, I got the truth for you. I know what you've done. I'm aware of what's going on. But he said it in a parable. For he taught David a little story about a man who was unfair. And he proceeded on with the parable. And as he proceeded to tell David, David said, kill that man. And Nathan said, the man is you. He said, oh, have mercy. Oh, dear Lord, I have sinned against the Lord. That's what David told Nathan. And you see, a lot of times, we have sins and we keep it secret. We don't tell anybody the plans we have because we know that they're out of order and we just whisper. And we do things in the dark. But what we do in the dark will come out in the light. No matter how much David sought after God's heart, he was a man that was born in sin, a man who was a sinful nature. And we are no different than David, but by the grace of God. 
that all our sins aren't discovered the way David's were. But nonetheless, the question of the moment is, are you hungry enough for forgiveness to confess your sin unto God? Are you hungry enough for forgiveness to say, God, I was wrong. God, I've done some things that have been out of order. God, help me, for I have sinned against you. Are you hungry enough that you want the truth to be brought into the light? That you want the consequences to be touched by the hands of grace. You want God to come down and save your soul and do something new because you have cried out to Him. When you look at Second Samuel and you link it into the psalm passage, you realize that the psalm passage, but you see the psalms were David's songs unto God. David stood in holy places. Hoping, praying that the Holy Spirit would hear him, cleanse his lips with hyssop, change his heart, make him anew, for he knew he had sinned. Have you ever realized you have sinned and you're in a tight situation? Can't you hear yourself saying these words just like, just like David said in the song? Purge me with hyssop that I shall be made clean. Wash me and make me whiter than snow. Let me hear the joy and the gladness. Let my bones be crushed with rejoicing. That's a cry out to Jesus. That's a cry out to God. Reconcile me unto you. Reconcile me unto myself. Reconcile me unto Jesus. Just as the question in the second Samuel passage, are you hungry enough for forgiveness? The question in Psalms says, are you hungry enough to confess? What's blocking you from confessing? Truth be told, we don't want to confess out loud inside because we think the wrong person might be. Satan may sneak in and be a little devilish, and next thing you know, what you confess became a rumor. And you know it is. We don't want to tap, and we hardly want to bow down, and we hope when we come to the altar, can't nobody hear me talking to Jesus. Let me whisper. I don't want nobody to know. I'm confessing unto God what has happened unto me. I'm thankful that He is gracious, mercy, and joyful unto me. But I got something to tell Jesus. And we just looking around. Whoa. But the bottom line is He can hear your heart. He can hear your thoughts. But are you hungry enough to ask for forgiveness? Are you hungry enough to confess? Are you hungry enough to just lay your fear down? And say, any way you bless me, Lord, I'll be satisfied. Are you willing to say, you know what? I don't know how it's going to turn out. But God is such a great God. He loves me in such a way that even if I have sinned, 
James Brown used to have a great song. He used to beg. Please! 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 Can you imagine if we came to God like that? And we confess with a spirit of just begging and please, 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 please! Are we hungry enough to confess? Are we hungry enough to seek reconciliation? And I'm not talking world reconciliation. I'm talking reconciliation in the house. I'm talking reconciliation with your brothers and your sisters. I'm talking about reconciliation with your mom and your dad. I'm talking about reconciliation with your last cousin that you haven't spoken since your family reunion and you told everybody you weren't going to ever talk to them again. That's the reconciliation I'm talking about. I'm talking about proclaiming that we love one another anyhow. I'm talking about when we have agreed to disagree and we still disagree that we reach out to one another and say, hey, we may not agree on that, but we agree on the fact that God is a good God, that God is a great God, that God is an awesome God, that God is a forgiving God, that God is a loving God. And that in spite of it all, we're going to come together and sit next to each other. That little section right here, Miss David, Jasper, Miss Stewart, I want y'all to just sit over there and tighten up on this mall. Just, just sit close to them. They don't have nothing against one another, but I want them to get tight on her. Fall over and fall. Get tight with her. And I'm doing this for a purpose because sometimes we get so used to sitting on one side that it's so heavy on the other side. We won't go to the other side. Even though we know somebody needs the Lord getting tight up on them. They need to know that it doesn't take away. I've got to have somebody fighting away. Sometimes it's just a look on our face. I need you, Lord. Send somebody yeah. by my house to see about me. Look at that space over there. Those are spaces for families that need somebody to see about me. I don't know where they live yet. I don't know how we're going to reach them. I don't know what the evangelism needs to be about yet. But God says, are we confessing unto him? Speaking to the people to say, there is a bomb in Jesus. There is a lot of so great. I'm coming after you. Let's see about you. Are you hungry enough to go up and get it? Or are we kind of comfortable? in the places we sit all the time, in the people we call all the time. Oh, Miss Maud, she's covered. She has a group of sorority friends. She's been active all the time. I'm just going to pray for Miss Maud. What if we call? 
we just decided from this point on. I'm going to sit next to Miss Ma for the next four Sundays. And any time she want to come to church, me and Miss Ma are going to be tight. Amen, right? And you're hungry enough to do something about it. Are you hungry enough to make a move? Are you hungry enough to forgive? Are you hungry enough to step out on faith? I'm almost starving. I don't know about you. But this makes you hungry. For the love of Jesus Christ is your fear covering up your faith. Instead of eating, maybe you drink and swim things. But she said, Well, you know, I'm not going to eat much now. I'm going to get swim. I'm going to suck it in. I gotta take my cholesterol test in three weeks so I'm gonna get it together. You can't fake it if you're hungry. And the food that's on the table can't feed your soul. It can't feed your heartache. It can't feed your tiredness. You gotta get down on your knees. Alright. And talk to King Jesus. Oh yeah. Are you hungry enough to forgive? Are you hungry enough to confess? And then as we move into the Ephesians passage, 4 verses 1 through 16, I'm not going to read it, but the highlights of it is, is that we are adopted into one body. Love through salvation and grace. Called and destined to live with purpose. And feel with the promise of the Holy Spirit. All right. The comfort of all comforters. The key question there, are you hungry enough to eat together? The family ministry says, next Monday, when you come, don't worry about it. Just come. Because we're going to eat together. Some of y'all might be saying, well, what's going to be you? <laughs> Jesus. It's on the menu. Grace and love is on the menu. Mercy and understanding is on the menu. Prize on the menu. Your children may eat the first night of school with a group of people who love them and want to see the best for them. You don't know how the Holy Spirit is going to down up in here. Talk to your children and say, I don't know what we need that church, but it's going to be good. Call Mr. Finney, Dr. Finney, and, and ask him, look, you need me to turn a little something, something. You know how to make potluck work. You know how to bless one another. We done opened a minivan, cans of beans, and served the thousands. All right. Hallelujah. Part of it is community. Will you come together in unity? To be adopted into the body. Love through salvation and grace. Called and destined to live with purpose and allow the feeling of the Holy Spirit to just let you flow, move, and feel it. Oh, when we were in Korea, the music was awesome. I didn't understand a word of Korea. <laughs> But I could feel the spirit. And one good thing about 
my language. Amen is amen is in the all the languages. Hallelujah, hallelujah, everything you speak. That's a spoon. <laughs> in the spirit. I didn't know what they were singing. I put the little interpreters on. I was like, okay. I've had German, I've had English, I've had French, I've had Korean, and we just, whoo, oh man, it was great. Right. But I tell you, it was something to be heard. When everyone said the Lord's prayer in their life, it was like a roar of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Woo, swoosh. It was something else. It was unity at its highest and glorious moment. Oh, I could have just shouted an alternative floor. It was just awesome. Are you hungry yet? Are you hungry? Are you hungry yet? Are you hungry enough to forgive? Are you hungry enough to seek reconciliation? Are you hungry enough to unify with one another? Are you hungry enough to sit with somebody you don't know, to get to know them, to find out? Are they hungry? My buddy keeps wanting to come up here because I'm going to tell you something. He knew his time had been missed. And he saw the other kids come back and so he said, now wait a minute, I done missed my moment. And she keeps telling me am I hungry enough, I'm coming to see what she got up there. That's all right. He said he hungry, and he's going to get what God has for him. Amen? The passage of John is familiar to many of us because we look for the bread. Actually, they inquired where the bread was. They spoke to King Jesus in a lot of different ways because the crowd wanted to know, where are you? We were looking for you and the boat was gone. But the only question that Jesus asked the people is, do you want food that perishes? Or do you want food that endures for eternal life? So I say to you this morning, are you seeking perishable food? Or imperishable food? Are you seeking perishable items or everlasting items? Are you willing to say you're hungry enough to confess your sins? Are you hungry enough to call for reconciliation with Jesus? For yourself, for your family, for your community, for your church? for your job, for your city, for your country, for your state, for your nation. Are you willing? In other words, are you going to be satisfied with slim fast? Are you going to get on a permanent life, blood, shown up diet of Jesus Christ? Are you hungry enough, I say to you? Do you want the bread of life? Do you want the bread of life to touch your life? Do you want everlasting life? Do you want manna from heaven? Or are you going to pretend like Moses sent it to you when God sent it? Or are you going to ask the questions and allow God to answer them in your soul? 
Are you hungry yet? Turn to your neighbor and say, Are you hungry yet? Say it again, are you hungry yet? Eat upon King Jesus. Fill your spirit with the Most High God. So I say to you this morning, if you are hungry, let's eat. The doors of the church are open. May God be a good God and bless you. Then as we sing the hymn of invitation, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, and you don't know what will feed your soul, I invite you to get to know Jesus Christ. Because He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the bread of life. He is all and all and all and all. But He is the bread. And whoever comes to Him will never hunger and they will never thirst.